Welcome to the Speaking Light into Abortion podcast, where I talk about all the reasons it's possible for you to thrive after your abortion. I'm your host, Amanda Kingsley, and two years after my own abortion, I certified as a life coach so I could serve women after abortion in all the ways they've been deserving and lacking for centuries. Consider this your launchpad for finding strength and community in yourselves and in each other. All right, so this week, recording in times of COVID looks like our guest in a car. It's amazing because <laughs> when our families are home all the time, sometimes we have to hide to actually have conversations. So welcome, Stephanie Galindo. And yes. I'm so glad that you made it out to your car and that you can use that space. I've actually thought about recording podcasts intentionally in cars because I think that the sound is probably like a little like sound booth. <laughs> it's like the upholstered ceiling. It's so good. <laughs> I think it totally works. So thank you for figuring it out. Yeah, um, it's the best place I have. Yeah, in a pandemic, our best places are not the same as they were in 2019. They're just not. No, they were. So we're rolling with it. I love it. It's That's true. Absolutely. So I invited you here to the podcast today for our listeners because I saw a comment that you made um, about helping people, um, I, and correct me if I'm putting words in your mouth, you can totally jump in and correct me. The way I heard it was helping people pull out, extract, understand the parts of religion, the parts of faith that they wanted to keep and the parts that they maybe were ready to let go of or change their belief system around or shift their perspective. So when we are people of faith, of religion, I'll let listeners decide for themselves between those words, but what happens when we like parts of it and we don't like other parts? <laughs> so I will let you introduce yourself. Who are you? What do you do in the world? And, um, and then let's have that conversation. Sound good? Awesome. Thank you. Yes. So I do a, um, um, I do life coaching for, specifically for people who have experienced um, a transition out of perhaps their faith, their original faith community or a faith community they grew up in. And they're going through that process where they have to decide, um, you know, what parts of this is sincerely me, which parts of this has maybe caused, um, pain or no longer serves me mm -hmm. and how do I you know move forward into a space that's more authentically me um and decide for myself am I going to reject the whole thing am I going yes. to pick it apart and take what serves me does none of it serve me does all of it serve me and just like walk through that process because yes a lot of people have gone through that process. I've gone through that process um, in a very <laughs> traumatic ways as well. Um, and so a lot of times it is a life event that um, kind of 
uh, severs your relationship with the community because maybe you no longer fit into their, um, you know, into their framework of what, who you're supposed to be, but you feel inside, like, I know I'm still who I'm supposed to be. Like, I Mm -hmm. know I'm still where I'm supposed to be. I don't feel, you know, like I've, what's some of the phrases that you hear from faith communities, like, you know, lost my way. way. (laughs) (laughs) And you're like, but I'm looking around and I'm sure this is my way. Like, I don't feel lost. What do you mean? Yes. And so what I provide is a safe space, like a neutral ground, because I don't have an agenda. You know, if you go to a pastor, they're going to ultimately, like, they might be very open, but at the same time, or very closed, right? But at the same time, they have an ultimate desire to see you in a specific place. And I want to see you take hold of who you are Mm. and be in a healthy place for you. And I trust you. I trust the universe and love and spirit to, to guide you into the place you're supposed to be. And I think you're the only person who can know that. Mm. And so I like to just walk alongside people and allow them to ask questions and of the, you know, of themselves. I'm really good at kind of pulling out of asking the questions that'll pull out the thoughts that they didn't realize they were thinking. And you know, and just kind of go on that discovery process with them and um, land wherever they land or, you know, continue the journey wherever they find themselves. Totally. Oh my gosh, I took so many good notes already. I'm excited for our listeners. So how did you land here? Are you uh, like, like, how did you get here? What led you <laughs> to this coaching? Um. <laughs> So I was raised in a very, um, a fairly fundamentalist evangelical type family that Mm -hmm. was also very tied to political, like a political perspective. And it was all just like wrapped up together in this big picture of like, this is what faith looks like. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, we actually were missionaries. Like I was a missionary kid. And so I come from like this very like passion driven, mission driven family and I will say to their credit like my parents have gone on the experience of you know their own they've certainly like broadened their perspective as they've Mm -hmm. grown older and so there's been like growth which Mm -hmm. is not the same for all of my clients or my friends (laughs) yeah Um, some people you know they come from a place where the background like stays just totally staunchly staunchly in one place Mm -hmm. the whole time and um yeah so so that's how I was raised I I have my own kind of traumas from it but overall had a fairly positive experience through most of my faith experience except that I mean, there's so much I could get into <laughs> trying to figure out what the, the short version is, but, you know, there's a lot of um, shame and anxiety and, and mm-hmm. different um, just emotional turmoil that comes along with certain belief systems and, yeah. um, or, or the way that those belief systems are represented to a child and yeah. then, you know, and then you grow up in that. And so that was kind of my experience. And then as an adult, I was actually a pastor um co-pastoring for a denomination slash nonprofit that then um let us go um mm-hmm. 
And I know that it's because of finances, but of course they made it sound like it was like this big spiritual thing. Um, and so all at once, this was about three years ago now, all at once my um, husband and I lost both of our jobs, our mm. home, our faith community, like our connections, um, all of it at once, like literally all of it. Wow. And so, um, and so that really uh, launched me into the process of kind of deconstruction where the way that I had kind of felt led in the in the previous couple years I was able to take fully hold of and like really Mm. discover why I was feeling the way I was about faith the faith community in general um and be able to like have a safe space to explore that rather than just kind of towing the party line because I was in leadership yeah so that trauma itself you know just kind of launched me into that process of exploring and um i'm i'm still you know in a place where i'm not well i believe that all of faith and all of life is a journey it's not like you land quote unquote anywhere right but but i um but i feel really good about um where i am and how i got here and kind of what is around me now Mm. and so that's just like a a huge point of hope that i really want people um Mm. to experience of course it'll all be that's my own journey each person's journey is going to be different and have different points of pain and and healing and stuff but but that's what inspires this just love for okay now you now we find ourselves here now what and walking alongside people through that journey um and allowing them giving them permission to have whatever feelings and and really trust, like learn to trust themselves into yeah. what their faith experience needs to be. Yeah. So three years ago is not that long ago for you to have done your own work so that you could then help other people. Like that's pretty good. Like that in the grand scheme of things, I don't know how old you are, but my question is how did you go from like, fully involved not really questioning or in your work in your growing up and your young adulthood and your pastor I don't know what the word is pastorship pastoring pastor (laughs) experience um were there moments along that whole ride where you were like hmm maybe this isn't serving all of us the way like did you go from like totally full in believing to like a complete dismantling or had you like kind of questioned it along the way? Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. The, the soul process has definitely been a journey, a lifetime journey. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Because I think, and I don't know, I don't know how to, you, you got me thinking about stuff I've really not um, <laughs> expressed with words before, but I know that um through my whole life there's been kind of a voice you know that voice of this is the way walk in it and it doesn't Mm. necessarily mean um it doesn't necessarily echo everything that you hear from your faith community um and so um there's places where there's overlap and then there's places where like in my case um from a particularly christian faith background there's 
there's this voice that'll say like you literally just read that Jesus did it this way why is your church doing it that way (laughs) Mm. you know like this this voice that says like if we believe this then this is obviously how we should be behaving um and so there's all this disconnect happening right yeah right and so so I think what happens is that in a lot of faith communities there's actually a silencing of that voice which I would consider to be the voice of spirit the voice of God the voice of love like the greater good right and so um in in faith communities for the need for like a staunch like following rather than exploring Mm -hmm. of people like they want I don't know if that you know I think you'll understand what I mean so so because of that what ends up happening is people are kind of taught not to trust themselves but to rather trust the establishment which is unfortunate because even through church history sorry as a pastor it's like I know all this stuff right like like through church history it's been you know it's been decided and determined that personal experiences is part of the part of the picture that spirit is part of the picture that church tradition is part of the picture that's that scripture holy writing is part of the picture and so there's actually no reason even within that faith structure for these things to be believed and taught mm-hmm. but um but so where uh, in in like hit the history part that you're talking about where right. do those tides turn like where did it become about you know, us versus them and like creating the following and following the word of the leader and not necessarily the word of the Bible. Like, right. where did that happen? Gosh, I was not raised now. religious. <laughs> I don't know if I've told you that in like our private messaging, but like, no, I don't think we talked about it at all. I have no, I'm a very spiritual person. Anyone uh-huh. who's listened to the podcast will know. Right. But I am like was not raised with religion. So like, it, it doesn't make any sense to me. I'm like, what? Right. <laughs> Good. Lose Keep- their way. <laughs> <laughs> Keep that confusion. That's very healthy. <laughs> but where did that uh, happen? And what I... was the driving force? Right. I, I can't answer that. That yeah. is a great question. But I also would say that I don't know that like, that religion as a whole or like a Christian faith in particular, like had it right and then started getting it wrong. I think that it's always been this huge muddle of like these parts were, you know, right. And these parts were wrong. And um, it even could be that we're progressing forward into a better and, and over like evolving into a better understanding of how things should be as people are questioning Mm. these things. I even think, um, I guess one answer for that is um, if you look at uh, recent history, each generation kind of brings their own flavor to mm, faith mm-hmm. in, in, and I would say in a good way. So, um, so my generation, I'm a millennial. Um, we kind of like fight with boomers over the fact that like we're questioning all the stuff that boomers didn't question Mm -hmm. but what we don't realize is that boomers were the first people that wanted faith to be personal at all and so Mm. they actually laid a foundation for us to be able to ask these questions because before that the generation before that or I don't know 
before that or a couple of generations before that, they actually used the, the faith community structure as a way to like hold community together. And so it was all about like us in this together, which has its value. And so I love that. Just, I love how you say like each generation, each generation <laughs> brings their own flavor and actually for the better. Right. Also really so I, I think instead of, yeah, I think instead of fighting over it and being like, like, oh, why don't you get it? Realize like, thank you yeah. for setting us up to be able to move forward. Yeah. And I can even tell you that as a kid, a prayer that I heard like adults say over kids is like, may our ceiling become your floor. Wow. The problem that just gave is they, me chills. <laughs> they didn't realize what that meant though. Yes, totally. <laughs> like how that would actually look. But yeah. so that kind of answered, I think that kind of answers like at least a piece of that puzzle, right? Well, yeah, we're not really looking for answers. We're just looking for conversation. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And when you talk about that, like the generation to generation evolution, I think about like, I think about you know, reproductive, mm-hmm. reproductive stories that we tell from one generation to the next and how we pass things on and we set each other up. And we talk a lot on this show about like talking to your children and your daughters about your reproductive experience and um, what it means to not tell your story and to tell your story and to, it's, you know, it's just like everything. We're just growing and evolving. Um, Mm-hmm. faith is doing that we're doing that as mothers we're doing that as women uh we're just doing right. that as people um so good so I have like a um I have like a curiosity question that maybe some of my listeners have too okay um when you took this journey after what you describe as like um what did you say it launched you into a deconstruction, right? Right. And you said that, you know, you and your husband both had these kind of like simultaneous experiences of like everything falling apart. Mm-hmm. Did, were you on the same reconstruction journey or like, was he like, what is what was that like? Was he also a person of faith who started asking questions with you or like, did you both like fall apart and come back together at the same pace? Right. Like what did it so look that's, like? I'm that's a really unique. Yeah. That's yeah. A very unique to us because I think that this type of thing can actually destroy relationships because you're not on the same page. We yeah. have actually had this really interesting experience of going on a faith journey um, side by side through our entire, like, since we got married, like, that's, in fact, some of our very first conversations Mm. ever, this is so fun, because I didn't ever think about this, but um, we're about kind of exploring some faith questions, and then it's evolved, it evolved from there, from even from within the church, like, kind of leaning in a certain, like, theological direction, and then in an opposite theological direction, and then finding, like, a new space, and a more progressive space, and Um, And so we've actually been on this journey together the whole time. Mm. Um, And so now it it really, really helped. And I I can, all I can tell you is I'm so lucky. Right. I know. (laughs) Um, know. And so we um, now are kind of um, like, honestly, I don't know exactly like what he is 
holding on to and what he's letting go of. But I would say that it's probably similar to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and we kind of just explore little things here and there. But um, but yeah, so yeah, yes, I mean, I've been really lucky. I do agree with you that you have been lucky. And I say that about myself a lot too. Like I'm just so lucky that I'm that this is the person I go through life with. But are we really lucky or do we have some control in that? I think that we don't give ourselves sometimes enough credit. Like I picked this person and Mm -hmm. (laughs) these are the thoughts I have about marriage in general. These are the thoughts I have about growth in general. These are the thoughts I have about connection and, um, and about relationship. So you know, if I introduce that to you, like how much of it was luck and how much of it can you give yourself some credit for walking this path side by side? (laughs) I would say the reason I would say that I'm lucky is because I know a lot of couples that this has been a serious point of contention and sometimes separation. And I would never say that that person like chose wrong, that that was just the what presented itself at the time and then yeah. things changed. So that's kind of why I see it that way is because yeah, I, I would get never that. I would never look at someone else and be like, well <laughs> Yeah. Um, and I, I know you wouldn't either, but I also do agree I that we have that. a lot of agency in our own lives. And that's something that I like to work through with people as they, you know, in coaching too, right? Is like yeah allowing people to take hold of the agency in their own lives instead of just sit and just kind of throw up your hands and be like, I can't make this work, which I totally get. (laughs) But in coaching, we like to look at, okay, what, you know, if you could choose the life that you want, what would that look like? And let's move toward that. And um, I see that in, in the stuff that I do around, you know, this question too, right? Um, If you've had a trauma whether it be divorce or abortion or um, just some other weird faith falling out like our experience. Um, once you've gone through a trauma like that, um, walking, then walking forward and deciding like, what do you have kind of agency over yeah. is a really good question. And as I hear you answer the question, I hear that I slash we are lucky is an empowering thought for you that it sounds like maybe leads to gratitude. Yeah, I would say so. And so for some people, I am lucky is a thought that leads to like, um, like, like someone or something else is in control and I just happen to get lucky. So there's like, for some people, it's a really stable thought. Sounds like for you, but then for other people, it's like, not really stable. There is no sense of like, um, stability. Like, uh, yeah, right. There's no yeah. like, like the way that you describe it is um, super empowering. So that makes good. Okay. sense Now that you've <laughs> described it, yeah, I love it. Um, okay, that like husband question was just kind of an offshoot because I was curious. <laughs> so. Right. Now that we have like a sense of how you got here and what it's been like for you, um, the reason that I felt like you could be so helpful to our community is that I think abortion is a point of trauma for many of us. If nothing else, it's like 
a life event that is like a period of transition. We are never the same person after abortion as we were before. Um, just like anything, right? Like you could argue that for anything. Like I'm not the same person after I eat cereal as I am before. <laughs> but I think that like it is definitely like a monumental, like it is a it is a point of transition for a lot of people. Um, definitely. And I would consider it one of those major life events that especially yes. from within the church, there's a lot of falling out, a lot of misunderstanding and a lot of like severing of connections that you used to think were like part of who you were. And then all of a sudden they aren't anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So that questioning is like, I think what a lot of my listeners have faced and a lot of my clients, and I'm not always super skilled at speaking to that, um, this faith piece, because my mm. faith has always been very internal and very like directly connected to spirit God versus like through a religion. Yes. Um, so yeah, a lot of people who experience abortion really start to question everything. And faith is one of those mm -hmm. things they really question. Mm -hmm. So to let's talk about some of the tools that you think can help in that place where you're like literally questioning everything you don't know if like it's all a lie or if you can do the work that you speak to and sort of like say like who am i in this like what is what do I want to take? How do I decide for myself? Like, how do I create a connection, a direct connection with God, um, spirit, universe, like whatever you want right. to call it? Um, yeah, you said at the very beginning, like um, a life event that severs relationship. And I think like this can be a life event that can sever your relationship with God or it can actually strengthen it. So speak to that. Yeah. So just to clarify, when I say severs relationship, I do not mean relationship with God. I mean relationship with the faith community that you yep. grew up in or that yep. you're part of at the, that point. So just to clarify, that yeah. those are two very different things. Yes. Yes. Um, nothing can sever your relationship with God. And yes. That's what I want um, you to speak to. Because <laughs> sometimes we feel like it's been severed right. because we question the the word of the religion the right. faith the right. book <laughs> and let me even augment that by speaking from my own experience because i think some people have this experience also that um I like the way that I was raised and I'm not saying that anyone intentionally did this to me but this is how i heard it is mm -hmm. that um that my dedication to God was reflected back to me in other people from mm. my under, from my understanding. So yeah, because yeah. of being wrapped up in a faith community as a child, then what ends up happening is that as, as you go through your teen years and your adult, like your young adult years, you think that if someone, if anyone from a, from within the faith community is displeased with you, then God is displeased with you. So if anyone wow. said, like, it hurt my feelings that you said that, or you're too much, or you're too this, or you're too that, then you think that that's like actually the word of Ooh. God. 
because it came from the faith community that you've always been taught to have, like that has authority over your life. And so um, that's, I think the biggest hurdle to start out with. And, and that's why when I say separate, sever your relationships, that's how it can feel. It can feel like, okay, I must not be part of God's community anymore because this pastor thinks that I, you know, sinned in some big extra way. Um, and it's really like, that's really, you know, just awful. Um, so I guess I would say what, if there was one, like, takeaway that I wanted like everybody to hear it would be this um if you the the process of stepping out and walking away from a faith community that's not serving you right now that doesn't have Mm -hmm. to be a permanent state it's just if right now you dread walking into that building or connecting with those people or don't want to see them like if there's something in there that's like a wall like you can trust yourself Mm -hmm. you can walk away for now Mm -hmm. or forever it's that will be decided later right but you can walk away from that and what will happen and this is the scary part this is like the leap this is the actual leap of faith okay yeah. <laughs> is that oh my god is that when you, how ironic <laughs> the leap of right faith. everything about it is ironic <laughs> um to be honest yeah so you take a leap of faith away from what that structure that you were raised in and what you'll find because this is the scary part is you don't know if there's anybody else out there yeah. You may not know if there's anybody that you can like share some kind of spirituality with and yeah. deep connection because you've never seen that outside of this group of people or this group of people in the larger sense, you know, like, mm. um, and so that's, it's, that's the scariest part I would say. But I guess the hope that I want to provide is that when you step away from that and into your authentic self, the people that will just suddenly start appearing into your life are people that will be for the next phase of your journey. Um, And so I just give, I just want to give that hope that like, like go ahead and make a leap if that's what your, your body and your heart, your soul is saying to you. And then Mm. see what else is out there because you can't see until you've actually made that jump. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. You can't see until you've made the leap. It's it's crazy. So here's what's like flying into my head. Um, When we experience abortion, one or multiple, I think one of the most common things we feel is alone. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So here we are feeling so alone because the world isn't talking about abortion in the way that we are experiencing it. Mm. So we feel so alone. And what you're saying (laughs) is when we also have the experience of abortion start to stir up questions of faith, it may be, not for everyone, but for some people, it may be stepping even further into what feels like alone 
to actually find your people. So yeah. And that is an even bigger, like, I just want to commend each, like you and each of your listeners and anyone who, who's, you know, who deals with that, that that's a huge, like that takes so much that you have so much courage in you to be making these choices. It's really phenomenal. I've just never really seen it that way. The way you described um, that fear. Well, what I heard was that fear of leaving something you know, something that even though it doesn't feel aligned and true in all the ways, in many ways it is safe. It's like... Those are your people, and that's what you know. And even though it doesn't feel good, it feels like strangely safe, even though it's also not. <laughs> but and the so, reason that it feels safe, hear yeah, me, the reason that it that, feels please. safe is mm-hmm. because they tell you yes. that it's scary out there, that that's them, that that's the one way you're not supposed to go. It's not because being inside actually feels safe. It's because they tell you that it's dangerous out there. Oh God, this is so, we are recording the week of the election. So I'm having all (laughs) kinds of thoughts and feelings about this right now, but I don't want to get into politics. So (laughs) I want to keep this conversation semi isolated from the political climate right now. But hear those words again like the reason it feels so scary is because they are telling you that this is safe Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. but what is actually gonna bring authentic like safety and comfort and a sense of belonging is finding your actual people Mm-hmm. your yeah. people who believe in spirit the way you do like your people who can hear your story and take it all in and see all of you and in case that sounds daunting like where would I find those people there's actually a step there's actually a step missing um or that hasn't been mentioned yet that comes before finding your people because that mm-hmm. part's actually going to mm-hmm. happen naturally finding yourself and your true yeah your true and authentic beliefs aside from your community, the community Mm -hmm. that you're maybe walking away from or questioning at this moment. Um, When you find and live into your authentic self and, and like I said, in my story, I believe, I, I believe that for most of us at some point, you'll be able to look back and say, wait a minute, this is what spirit has always been leading me to Mm, like always. Wow. Um, and yet I thought that that was the wrong voice because the community was telling me that it looked, it had to look yeah. a certain way. And so I say that because when you find your true authenticity and, and like, I'm a person who would have always told you that I was a very authentic person because I was trying to live into that so much, but I didn't know how, uh-huh. um, the more that you find your true authenticity, then those people will come to you. Like yeah. they will be attracted, um, when like their souls are aligned with your soul and they can see your soul because you're not putting on a a Mm -hmm. front of trying to create all these other things that you think should be. (laughs) Yes. Um, Then those people will come. And so that's the thing. I think that that was the scariest thing for me is like, I, I want to reject these beliefs, but I don't want to reject this community or these people. 
um, because I don't know what else is out there. But then it just mm-hmm. got to a point where like these beliefs were so important, not to me, but to them mm-hmm. that like I couldn't keep moving in life with them until like, because there was just like, there was no connection. And so at that moment, that's kind of that jumping off point, that leap of faith. Cause it's so yeah. scary to, yeah. um, to go out there into this wilderness where you've been told there's nobody else there <laughs> and there's no, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, um, and for me, it was like, especially cause personally, like I just always really wanted to stay within the Christian faith. Yeah. Um, personally but didn't know how because like literally when someone would say like that person's a christian i'd be like Ooh, okay probably that's probably not my people <laughs> yeah, yeah. but then i still wanted to be able to say that i was so it's just oh it was yeah it was very hard um that's a that's just a very hard part of the journey but it's part of the journey it's not yes. you being a prodigal son it's not you walking away you know it's not like all like losing your faith it's not that it's you finding your faith yeah and, <laughs> and another thing um yeah. that I want to kind of share this is something I actually did a few podcast episodes with a, a friend of mine around this subject which was really exciting but um one of the things that we came to was this realization that um that what happens is um, in the in the in the Christian faith, it's kind of is kind of built around this picture of death and resurrection. Mm-hmm. And what happens kind of um, generationally is that um, many people who are like my parents' age have this death and resurrection experience as young adults, where they like suddenly came to this decision of faith. And then what they did was they raised their children in their resurrection space, Mm. but that's not their children's resurrection space. It's their resurrection space. And so the very framework of death Hmm. and resurrection requires death. Like it requires it. So you can't say like, I want my kid to just always know this certain like resurrection life. Like that's yes. not a thing. That's, that's literally <gasps> not what resurrection means. Wow. <laughs> and so it's funny. It's ironic, right? That then they can't like allow us to have the exact same experience that they had. Wow. Because they think, because a lot of them thought that their resurrection space was the landing point. But was for the them, right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not, it's just, it's, that's their journey. And my journey is actually being raised in the church and then having to have a death and resurrection experience from that framework. Wow. Um, which is why I think that death and resurrection can be progressive. I think Mm. it can be. It's like Mm -hmm. I was then, you know, resurrected into a new way of seeing the world that included um, loving people that, you know, so following that idea of love and love for all people, which is what the Christian faith is about, Mm -hmm. but like resurrecting it into an even bigger, like expansive space. Wow. Just as an example, <laughs> my you're gonna have to um, send me the link to that podcast so we can link it up for people. Oh, um, fun! And my parents were both raised Catholic, very Catholic. Went to Catholic school, like the whole kit and caboodle. Um, they 
in their young adulthood, like not full on hippies, but like definitely almost there. Hence okay. my middle name, Star. Um, nice. So they really stepped away from religion, like completely. We were not raised by any means like atheist, but like religion was not a thing that we did and we didn't talk mm. about it and we didn't. So it was like this completely, I don't want to say devoid, <laughs> but like there was no spirituality in my childhood, mm. which is interesting because in my parenting and my experience, I am bringing back like I talk to my kids about like weird stuff like angels and mm -hmm. <laughs> right and like spirit and like my you know my definition of God and like I am having like I just like can so clearly see what you're talking about how like they have their own death and resurrection but then that is not their children's and it's just like this this evolution happens right yeah so amazing when you were talking about um when you were talking about like you take the leap and those people will come i'm probably not the only one that was thinking about like the movie field of dreams like if you build it they will come <laughs> <laughs> but what i kept hearing was if you build you they will right come. right if you build you they will come and that's so scary to understand because it does take an immense amount of faith <laughs> mm -hmm. to believe that. But it's like you have to be willing to be with yourself for a while. Right. And like in our life coaching world, like you have to be willing to be with your feelings for a mm -hmm. little while. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, it's not always easy, but it's worth it. It is yeah. a much deeper experience of life if you build yourself um, and then find your people that way, like authentically connecting with people versus like, I was born and baptized into this faith, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> um, but really building you and letting your community follow. And I do have one tool this is what worked for me. That doesn't mean it's going to work for other people, but yeah. <clears throat> I'll just share that for me, what that looked like, because, you know, at that moment, like literally over a weekend, lost all sources of income and faith community and relationships. Like everything was just like, you guys are done. You have to leave. No, you can't go back and say goodbye. Like nothing. Like there was just wow. like a complete you know, anyway, so yeah. what I ended up doing in that next season of life is I committed to only being, so like I'm a very extroverted person. I've always had like lots of friends. And in this experience, I chose to only like, to not really like pursue relationships, but instead like only allow to stay what was easy mm. so if if I had to like text you a second time like mm -hmm. you know I just wasn't gonna and yeah. if if there's what like feels easy <laughs> right and it's not it wasn't about like you know if you canceled on me then 
okay, well, let me know if you want to get together again. And that was it. Mm-hmm. And so like, I was just, I just made it, I made relationships about like what was going to happen naturally, which was, mm-hmm. this is terrible, but this was like revolutionary for me. Yeah, <laughs> like I don't have to work so hard. Right. <laughs> and I, I recently, I was on a call with someone who was talking, you know, the, the language around relationships was, I want to feel accepted. I want to like, it's language that that's based on another person's actions. So like Mm -hmm. feeling accepted, feeling welcomed, like those type, that type of language is about like, they have it and I want them to give it to me. Yes. Validated. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And so the, the process is going from that headspace to this place where um you can um where you can say like I am like I'm this rock and you guys can either come to me or not yeah Um, this is who I am would you like to would you like to be a part of that yes and so it's kind of the the like are are you wanting like if you're spending all your time wanting to like be magnetized to other people rather than them being magnetized to you um Mm. it's because you don't really think that you have within yourself like the like a framework that people I don't know I'm I'm not sure if I have the words it's like this you know like overused words but like it's like the self-worth and self-love that is the building of you part of the building of you is loving accepting validating honoring who you are and letting that be the beacon right um oh I like the word beacon that's better yeah it's like that is the light oh my goodness this is so good I cannot thank you enough um is there <laughs> like uh, these podcasts are so hard to end because there's like so many more things to talk about. But is there anything else that you feel like needs to be said to an audience of people who have experienced a loss through abortion? Because um, that is how most of my listeners experience it um, and are just looking for that, like this, the next step with spirit. Yeah, um, I guess just like um, you're not alone in that, like I know that that's a specific scenario, but you're not alone in that there's these triggers of traumatic events that then cause us to to realize that the voices of of that particular community are not the same thing as the voice of spirit and that if you look inside yourself you'll realize like there is there is literally and this is coming from like a a pastor like a studied person in religion (laughs) I can tell you definitively that there is nothing in even like at least in our faith constructs that I'm familiar with that would allow that would permit a community to say that you are in any way less than or condemned Mm. for that moment that for that decision that you made, like there is nothing in scripture. There is nothing in 
Like they can say, they can take any, <laughs> they can take any verse they want and make it say whatever they want. But I can tell you definitively as a person very studied in theology that there is no, there is no warranting of that voice from like an authority that, that is so wild. Like <laughs> I, I mean, I believe you because it's true. But like from the the narrative around religion and abortion, it's just like so crazy to me. So yeah. thank you for bringing that up, especially with your experience. It really does make a difference. Um, I will link to all things you, but if someone wanted to find you, where would they do that? If they just wanted to go like right now and Google? <laughs> um, probably just Facebook, um, Stephanie Galindo. Um, I have a few different things that I do. So, um, it's not like immediately obvious that this is one of the main things that I actually spend my time on. Um, but yeah, just, um, and we, maybe we could, we could link that just to yes. my, to my profile yeah. so people yeah. can message me. Send me um, your links. Yes, I would, and I always offer, you know, a free initial session so that if this is something specific that we want to talk about, we make sure that it's a good fit for you. And Perfect. Um, and yeah, and even if it's just the one conversation, if that's all you need, like I am happy to provide that because it is just such a valuable space to explore and discuss. And, um, and I would love to to be that, you know, neutral ground where you can decide for yourself what part you're gonna, um, you know, what you want to hold on to and who you want to be next because you get yeah. to decide that. Oh, I'm so glad you exist in the world because, yeah, this is not my area of expertise at all. <laughs> so to be able to have someone to refer to just feels like I feel so lucky that I get to to have this referral in my life now. That's awesome. This was a really fun conversation. Thank you so, so much for good. having me. So, so good. And don't forget to send me the link to that podcast too. Okay. Okay. Thank you so much. Sure. Bye. Thanks for listening. And as always, please consider sharing, rating, and reviewing this podcast. It helps me reach a wider audience and invites more people to thrive after abortion. If you're someone who chose abortion and find yourself struggling, hiding, or wishing you could move beyond your experience, head over to my website and book a free call. We'll talk about how you can start living the life you made your choice 